we, they open up a little small track in Dan, we'll call it Dixie Speedway. And uh, they want to get some black drivers. And uh, they thought they didn't know who to approach, so they went to the police department to find out what black guys had speeding records, things like that. So they told them they want somebody to drive a race car to see me. So that's how I started racing. Did every I mean he he drove the car exactly what he did exactly what the car wanted him to do. He got out early. It was it looked like a little tight, but he kept in the throttle and he got a good lap. And wow, way to go! Bill. There you go. That's his line. Fat man Tony Schumacher wins. He is the champion for an eighth time. But Antron Brown, if Tony Schumacher loses, becomes the first African American to win an NHRA title. to do it mate what a way to win your seventh world title welcome back to our second episode of victory lane vibes we are your hosts with the mostesses i guess it's plural of that uh my name is carl as always and we'll go ahead and uh jump right into introductions once again we got a, a new member that we're excited to have What's going on? What's going on? My name is Rashawn. Um, yeah, I, I'm new to the podcast. Uh, a little bit late, as always, in my life, but here I am. I've made it. Got my directions. Uh, yeah, cool to be here. And uh, Rashawn, how did uh, when did you start, uh, not just NASCAR in general, when did you start following racing and, and uh, how long have you been doing that? Ooh. All right. Well, actually, I first started motorsports back in the 90s. Uh, as a kid, I grew up, I watched Formula One and uh, at the time it was the kart series uh, before. Uh, this is like during the IndyCar split between the car and IRL. Uh, so for F1, I, I grew up my favorite drivers. Well, I didn't have favorite drivers per se, but I always enjoyed the Williams Renault. I know, right? That kind of aged me. They were Renault. But uh, so Jacques Villeneuve. And uh, Giancarlo Fisichella, uh, I think it's Fisichella, but whatever. Uh, and then in, in, excuse me, cart, it was Greg Moore, um, the Canadian driver. And uh, I kind of stopped watching that after he died in 99. And then uh, I picked up NASCAR mainly around 1999 because I bought the EA sports game NASCAR 2000. And I started playing a lot and I started getting interest. And my favorite driver was Steve Park in the Pennzoil yellow number one car. 
Um, so, and it kind of just went from there. Uh, however, I don't, I never really had a favorite NASCAR driver. And, you know, that can be part of a larger debate. For some reason, I never really identified much with the drivers per se. It was more with the cars and the design, the paint schemes on the cars. So, uh, but I still watched uh, F1. I've kind of fallen. I, I don't I don't follow that at all anymore, mainly. Um, I mean, I still follow it, but I'm not a, much of a fan at all of it. Uh, IndyCar, I still follow that as I can. And mainly now, rallying. I'm, a, I'm big into the rallying of the sport at WRC and stuff like that. But here we are today. So that's that's my spiel of my motorsports background, fandom, whatever. Yeah, awesome. Uh, I mean, I, I, yeah, I wish, I wish I could get more into uh, the rally car deal because it seems so great. But I just, uh, I'm not smart enough to follow that stuff for the most part. But uh, we're awesome, excited to have Rashawn with us. He was part of the original planning, and just when we did the first episode, he just wasn't around. But he's a part of the regular lineup, so we're excited for that. But um, again, I'm Carl, like I said, and then we'll go through and reintroduce uh, our cast from last week, just so you can uh, be uh, reminded of that. So we'll go ahead and kick it off to Devonte. Sorry, so what's up, everybody? My name is uh, Devonte. You can call me Bonte or Bonte. Um, you you um you can follow me on uh, social medias at four one four mile Bonte. Um, very 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 excited for uh, what we what we got going on today. So yeah. Well, my name is Arthur. Uh, I'm back from the first episode. Super excited. I think we got a great show going today. Um, my name is Baraka. Um, again, from the first episode, you know, just excited to start off a new a new day, a new week uh, with this new podcast. I'm Jared. Back again. Um, thank you guys for tuning back into us. We got a, a good show planned for you guys. So let's get it started. Yeah, for sure. So, uh, for it was an off week for NASCAR. Um, we had F1 at Montreal. We had IndyCar at Road America. Uh, F1 went uh, as anybody would expect with uh, Verstappen winning. But I think this was like the smallest margin he's won by, I think, all year. Um, so that was cool, I guess. Uh, Lewis and Fernando on the podium. So that was pretty cool. Um, we talked about uh the indycar race earlier i'm not a huge indycar fan although i wish i could be if somebody else wants to kind of fill us in on what happened there a little bit or whoever wants to talk about the indycar race real quick since i didn't watch it i don't want to be giving misinformation on it i did uh so i'll start so i didn't really watch the race at all like i kept on like some of the highlights um i know like Scott Dixon and Will Power got into it uh, during practice. I think it was like, was it like Friday or Saturday? One, one of those two. And Will, I will say this: Will, Will is gonna keep it real with you. He'll tell you he like he'll tell you in your face like he don't like you. Um, he remember did an interview with um with someone expressing how you feel about 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 um Grosjean and how he race, but um. A lot of um, cars was running out of gas. Um, thought um, Colton Hurd was going to win, though, but, like, Alex Pillow came through, uh, stole that lead from him, and got the win in that, in that whole race. But, yeah. 
Yeah, that was that was cool. I, um, yeah, I saw the the Will Power deal. Uh, I guess that was uh, Saturday. Did that happen, or was it Friday? Yeah, it was one of those two days. Yeah, it, I think it happened. It happened Saturday. Okay, Friday. yeah, Saturday. Saturday. Yeah, it, God, I didn't feel like it was yesterday, but uh, I thought that was um, that was pretty humorous. That he, you know, his go-to. I, I, I've always known Will Power as the guy for flipping off the, the the race control years and years and years ago, and then. I opened up Twitter and the first image I saw of that interaction was him giving the double bird to, uh, to go. Yeah, I, sure I, I thought, was, I thought that was pretty, pretty hilarious, but, uh, yeah, that was, um, that was really interesting, uh, to say the very least, but honestly, man, IndyCar fans really got to have their cake and eat it too. Uh, cause they were dunking on other racing series all uh, weekend long because they say they were the only series that had any passing and, you know, I said it when I watched uh, the 500 a couple weeks ago. I was like, man, this is actually a lot of fun. I, you know, so, um, yeah. but the F1 race day was pretty good. I mean, like I said, from uh, the highlights I saw, the opening laps that I saw, um, you know, it, it seemed pretty, pretty interesting. I know there's uh, some people that feel like uh, Lando Norris was unjustly penalized, but, um, you know, that's between McLaren and the FIA, but I can see the justification of trying to uh, successfully back up the field to get a, a double stack pit stop and, and getting penalized behind that. But speaking of uh, Montreal leading into our first topic discussion. So F1 was in Montreal this week. NASCAR used to go to Montreal back when it was the nationwide series. Um, that was a race that always produced just great races and great finishes, classics, every single one of them. And there was rumors and talk this week, a couple of scheduled rumors that came out. One being that we might go back to Montreal next year, which I'm really pulling for the other being that it seems the Bristol dirt race is pretty much dead in the water, which leaving Bristol this year, everybody kind of had gotten that feeling a little bit. Um, and there, it might be replaced with North Wilkesboro, North Wilkesboro, um, so I guess we'll start off with our first topic is what are you guys hoping for, for the schedule for next year? Well, um, I, you, Steve Phelps said that 2024 schedule is, will be as, uh, it'd be a lot of changes, uh, compared to, because also we have to consider this is the last year, 2024 seat is the last year of the current, um, TV contract with like Fox and NBC and stuff like that. So they're do, definitely doing some big changes. They're uh, swinging for the fence with this schedule. And um, I'm not going to toot my own horn here, but there's another major podcast on uh, YouTube, NASCAR-based. Um, you guys might, with some younger um, host, you might figure that out. I actually sent the question. Steve Phelps was a guest one of those episodes. This is like three years, three years ago now, and I specifically asked, uh, would they would they go to Montreal? And he said, he said they will look at everything, but he said it needs tremendous industry buy-in, um, whatever that meant. But at the same time, um, you have to consider there's a lot of things that has to go into an international race. You had to get the support of, you have to get support of obviously. NASCAR, the teams, the teams, American branches, also the host manufacturers, Canadian branches. 
I mean, well, they're all North America, but at the same time, they have little subdivisions for Canada too, you know, because it's an independent country. So like, uh, you know, GM Canada, Ford um, Canada, uh, Toyota Canada, whatever. And, you know, they have to get support from them too. Uh, Montreal, you know, a lot of people throwing around, remember they used to race at most sport for the truck series. Um, they ran Montreal from 07 to 2012. And after that, for the, for the nationwide series, then that, they left Montreal and they still want to race in Canada. So they moved to most sport, uh, Canadian Time Motorsports Park, which is owned by former driver Ron Fellows uh, out in Ontario. And they ran from 13 to, I want to say 2019, 2020, after the COVID thing, that was when, because the Canadian board started, that was the, uh, 2019 was the last year. Also a great racetrack. But I think the allure of Montreal, they always knew Montreal put good races. Uh, every, any, any NASCAR driver or official or industry person, whoever went to Montreal, they have a number of good things to say about it. And But the allure that is also an F1 circuit, uh, like Coda, I think, will you know, is, is a draw, and they wanted to bring the Cup Series there. Um, it's a great track. It's, it produced great racing from even from the first one with uh, the whole Robbie Gordon, Marcus Ambrose thing, the finish with Boris Said and Max Pappas, uh, the, the, the rain race, <laughs> um, you know, where it's stretched around. I think Carl Edwards won that race, and then you had the uh, Danica Patrick have one of her better runs in a NASCAR stock car. Uh, I think that was 2012, if I recall correctly. She hit she hit the shoe, the, the supposed shoe incident, although Supposedly, the shoe had nothing to do with that. But uh, I think Justin Allgaier won that race. But whatever. Um, it, it produced great racing. Um, they can do a, a lot of changes. Bristol Dirt's definitely dead in the water. I think it's gotten stale. The whole Easter Sunday thing, I think uh, they, people are hearing the complaints from the industry, people not having some time off. Uh, and also with North Wilkesboro, you know, you know, knocking on the door for a, a cup date, I think it was just easy for them to uh, – make the switch for spring Bristol for North Wilkesboro, but we'll see what happens. Um, I knew they're going to make some big changes and they, uh, Steve said that, and uh, it'll be, see, it'll be interesting to see what they come up with. Yeah. Um, so I haven't watched any races for, uh, uh, on NASCAR size, uh, on, on Montreal, but hard was fantastic. I kept up with like a little bit of other highlights and stuff. Um, my opinion, I think it's a, I think it's a great, I, I think it's a great idea to uh, push that, push this, like have NASCAR to go on a, a Montreal experience, like like like, like different tracks hit around the world if, if they want to. Um, and then having North Wisboro instead of the Bristol Dirt also a great idea too because Bristol Dirt, to be honest, cars cars on dirt don't don't literally. Well, not well, the stock, the, the NASCAR stock cars on dirt doesn't go well at all. I'm gonna be honest on that one. So push that. So pushing that into, um, I think yeah, I think it's a good idea because to be honest, Bristol dirt wasn't really that good. Uh, 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 much racing, in my opinion. But yeah. Yeah, I think for me the thing that interests me the most is. Uh, finding some better balance uh, in the schedule. So I know there's a big push for road courses, which I'm a fan of, and it seems like now it's starting to swing the other way where some folks are saying there's too many road courses. Uh, I'm really interested, and I would love to see a cup race in Montreal. Um, I think the Xfinity races there were great. Um, I'd love to see the cup cars on a new course, a new challenge. Um, and I'm really interested in seeing how the street course goes in Chicago. Is that something that they 
take into future years and maybe there's a rotating spot on the schedule where they go to a different street course every year i think that would be exciting um i think we need to have more short tracks so i'm fine with losing the bristol dirt i was never a fan of dirt at bristol maybe if they went to somewhere like eldora that was an actual dirt track it might be a better product but um Giving up that date to North Wilsboro makes a lot of sense. Um, we've got the new Auto Club short track coming. So I'm really interested in seeing, you know, how they figure that balance out. You've got a lot of folks also clamoring for short tracks. Dale Jr. is probably the biggest one banging the drum for short tracks. Um, and the other thing is I would really love to see them spread out some of these really unique tracks. So like I was looking at the schedule earlier and uh, we only have you know, six, I think, road courses on the cup schedule. Um, in August, Indy and Watkins Glen are back to back. I'd like to see like those spread out. And then even coming off of last week in Sonoma, in a couple weeks, we'll be at Chicago for a street course, road course. But I'd like to see those be a bit more spread out just because they're so unique. So I'm excited for it. I have some cautious optimism, but I think you can have the best schedule in the world, but if the cars aren't great, then it really doesn't matter. Uh, yeah, um, I, in regards to the next year's schedule, I know for a fact that um, I remember, I think, reading from a post, uh, Steve Phelps wanting to have like a holiday for NASCAR as he's trying to follow like the, like how uh, how American sports would uh, do it, like with the NBA with Christmas um you got uh thanksgiving with the nfl so i'm guessing he's following that trend in which a, a major holiday here in the states would be a sporting event too so i know bristol dirt the current cup cars aren't let's i'm just keeping a buck aren't meant for dirt racing um so i'm probably north wilkesboro could be a replacement for that i think the current rumors or you know the streets out here are saying that north Westboro will take up that easter sunday but we'll see and in regards to montreal um haven't really watched much nascar racing in montreal but i have been watching a lot of f1 races there and it does it does produce great racing so uh, of course you know the whole robbie gordon thing was probably peak Montreal at NASCAR, so I'm I'm excited to see how it is. Um, probably gonna be the first time if it does happen, it would be the first time for me to watch a full race at Montreal for NASCAR. Yeah, I'm cool for Montreal coming on the schedule. I was actually just looking at the schedule. And there's some things that personally can go to make room for Montreal. Um, y'all know the clash is stupid being in LA. Absolutely waste of time. Thank God. Um, Let's put North Wilkesboro as the opening race. Let's just let's kick off. The the teams don't have to go far. Put North Wilkesboro as the clash. That would be fantastic. Um, we need to put Indy back on the oval instead of the road course. Give us the Brickyard back. We need our Crown Jewel back. Um, I'm cool with deleting Dover. Let Bristol keep two races. Make the spring race back on concrete. Give up Dover's date to. Oh my um, God, Dover! On yeah, I'd bend Dover. Dover's give, so it good, a, man. give it up, Dover. Not Dover. Can't do um, that. To Dover. And um, give it up, Dover. Um, we can give Montreal that date 
and just like shift it. If we're going to do a Western swing, Montreal's on the Western part of Canada. Let's just send everybody up there for six weeks. They take the road course car. They take all the cars that they need. Then that way, you know, the, the teams can make a, a true trip of it um, and then get back to the action. So I'm, I'm down with Montreal. The F1 race was, was decent today. Um, but I'd be really interested to see how the Gen 7 car performs on a track like that um, with all the braking zones and where they're going to have to get creative um, passing. I think that would be uh, kind of epic to see. Ooh, Jerry gave a lot to unpack there. Oh, man. Where do we start? Well, first of all, um, I went to Sonoma last week. That's why I wasn't available for the uh, podcast. Uh, but it is nice to see uh, Sonoma is, like, beautiful in the earlier in the year. Everybody knows that, right? It's really green and stuff like that. Um, I do think they might move it up. But consider it's in Northern California. It's the risk for rain. But, oh, in the road course, rain times, yes. right? So, um, you know. I, that's something they just have to decide. So they, they can still the race can still run t- in theory. Uh, I think one question, one thing that isn't being talked about as much is what will they do with the Southern California market? Because next year um, there's no scheduled race. Um, I mean, I mean, clash aside, I mean, Fontana's gone, so there's no ra- race in the Southern California market, and that's a huge market, and NASCAR still wants to be in it. Um, so. They're going to have to figure out what they can do to try to uh, to try to, to try to get to get back to it because they they're originally down. They've always been in Southern California for years. They had Riverside, the great road course down there, which, man, rest in peace. That would have been an awesome track to go watch a race. So awesome race on YouTube. But um, after it, it let closed down, I think his last race was 89. And after that, they went to Sonoma in Northern California to and then they was like, okay, we need to get back to Southern California. So that's when uh, California Speedway, Fontana, was uh, – they came down for that in 97, I think, was the first race for it, uh, I think. Um, but whatever. So, they, they, you know, L.A. and, you know, that, that's just a huge market. They have to get back. They have to figure out something. Uh, also, Indy Oval, I think that's going to happen. Also, if you think about this, the next year would be the 30th anniversary when the first race of the Brickyard um i personally hate the indy oval for for the uh for nascar but i am i'm keeping my mind open for the gen 7 because the gen 7 has proven itself to be pretty good at ovals but the difference is any Oval is fairly flat it's fairly very flat actually um so we'll see but yeah we can give it a shot for that um but also to keep the count with the road course is kind of nice i think that it'll have to go oval uh, and now the Dover thing. I'm, I'm gonna get to the Dover thing. You can't do Dover like that, man. They, Dover already lost. Dover had two dates. I think it, as recently, what was the last year Dover had two races? I think it was 2016, 2017. I can't remember. Uh, yeah. I, God, I, I I wish I knew now. That 18 or 19, something like that. I really feel like before COVID, they had two dates. It was before COVID. It was before COVID for sure. Yeah, yeah. I, I just can't think of of, of when, but yeah. Um, so. Dover was one of those few tracks at the time that was not owned by ISC, basically NASCAR or SMI. Like it's like Pocono. Yeah, it's like Pocono. Um, yeah, it wasn't owned or promoted. Um, so, but then they lost the date, 
and an SMI bottom. So now it's an SMI track. And it's like, you can't, you can't, Dover, you know, to me, Dover creates pretty good racing. It's been on schedule for a long time. In fact, I think it's a pretty cool looking circuit. Um, you know, that kind of, that concrete, that kind of, it's, it's kind of fast, you know. Maybe I'm just kind of exp- putting my own experience driving in video games, like that, but it seems pretty fun. You have the little oval, is it the only oval track that has that pe- pedestrian bridge on over the back stretch where people can walk over and you see the cars basically racing uh, on you? Yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah, Nazareth had one, rest in peace, but yeah, that's yeah. the only one I could think of. Yeah, so I, I think it does, for oval track, I think it does bring a unique appearance. Um, and then you have the whole, you know, it's kind of cheesy, but, you know, the whole Miles the Monster thing. But, you know, it, it, just, it just has a little bit of character that, that makes it unique um, from other tracks. So I think it deserves one date. Um, I don't know where you can move it around. Maybe you can move around a little bit better because it, it likes to rain there for some reason. Del- Delaware, right? But you can't take the overall schedule entirely. I mean, it doesn't deserve that. It's not Kentucky for cry, crying out loud. <laughs> but yeah, so we'll, we'll see. Yeah, Dover. So to just kind of walk back on all of this because I've pointed to all of it. Dover reminded me so much of Atlanta in that there was just quite no other circuit that uh, was quite like it on the schedule. So. Um, I I would hate to see Dover lose any more dates. I think it's fantastic. Um, but it, I mean, you know, but but as far as the South California market situation goes, the clash is a necessary evil. Uh, I feel like NASCAR knows what they're doing. They know that they're getting some kind of return on investment or some kind of interaction in that area that they want. Um, and you know, honestly, the other thing too, that I thought about today, right before earlier today, that the clash might actually be a bit bigger next year because I mean, SoCal is, is losing its professional sports, uh, presence uh, outside of auto racing. So that might be a prime opportunity. I still am not convinced that they're ever going to, go back to auto club. I, I'm not convinced that that's not just going to be a parking lot or another warehouse or anything like that. But I mean, if NASCAR says they're going to go back, then they, they might go back as far as um, the schedule goes and everything like that. The, the, the best ideas NASCAR has ever had, they've always immediately gone away from. And when they introduced like in 2021, even 2020 going to a track and, and having two events there in one weekend, I think that is a fantastic solution to a lot of problems. Places like Pocono, for example, places like, uh, you know, even Dover, um, Bristol. I think it, if we did, if we could start the playoffs at Bristol and we could do, you know, race 35 or I'm sorry, race 25 and 26. So you do a Saturday night race as a race that ends the regular season. And then you do a Sunday afternoon race as a race that starts the playoffs, uh, I think would we would sell out. You cut it down from from you know uh, 500 to 300, make the races shorter, um, you know more action and stuff like that. I think that would sell out immediately. But as far as Montreal goes, um, like I said, some of my, my favorite memories in general are at are at Montreal, uh, the race where you know Edwards had the the race one. Um, he did it up until the last lap, and then he uh, came out of what is that uh, eleven, right, and hit the curb right there, and and he and he bounced so hard that I think Pappas was Pappas that went on to win it that year. 
Um, but anyway, uh, yeah, I would love to see um, Montreal on the, on the schedule next year. It's so funny, though, that their solution to um, the Gen 6 car sucking the intermediates was to bring uh, the Gen 6 car to a bunch of road courses, and that worked. And then we brought this car, uh, which is our next topic. Before after we move on from this, we brought this car, and um, it's great at intermediates, but we don't have any more. We don't have any anymore. We got rid of Kentucky. We got rid of Chicagoland. You know, Texas sucks. They reconfigured Atlanta, so we have Kansas and Charlotte are the only true intermediate races anymore. Um, so that's kind of funny how that worked out. But um, I'm excited to see North Wilkesboro as a points-paying race. That'll be cool. I think it'd be great to see it um, maybe even double up as the All-Star again. Montreal will be fantastic. Um, Indy Oval coming back will be cool. I think that they should do that like every couple of years instead of every year so that it's um, kind of more prestigious. And uh, that's really just my take on the schedule you know, going forward there. Hey Carl, Angel. Yeah, Angel. what's up? You you actually forgot one track, uh, Michigan. So, uh, is an intermediate. I mean, yeah, it is an intermediate. You're right. Um, I always I always thought of it is in its own category with Auto Club, but that's the only one we have anymore. The only two mile speedway that we have anymore, which sucks. But anyway, uh, but yeah, I mean, um, you know, it, it, Michigan's another track that I hope that we. If they they could do two, two race races a weekend, Dad. I mean, because the fans seem to love it, at, who both on TV and at home. Uh, and NASCAR wants to get back to its roots. They want to get appeal to the Saturday night short track fans. That's how you do it. Um, because I cannot tell you when we had a dirt track up the road for me, not even five minutes. When we when they had Friday night and Saturday night races, a place sold out. Um, and I think it's a it's a great homage to that. And I think NASCAR would be smart to look at that again. I doubt they will. But it would still be great. All right, so I'm going to pass it on to whoever's going next here. All right, so hear me out. We trade Dover for Kentucky. And then. Oh, we, oh And no. then. I'm not done yet. I'm not done yet. Second, and then. Remember the COVID year? We had a doubleheader weekend at Pocono. And it was like probably the best weekend of racing all last year. It was fantastic. Let's go back to that next year. Make Pocono a doubleheader weekend, 350 miles, invert the top 20 like they did that year, and let it happen. I feel like that's a beautiful vacation spot. You can make a Saturday-Sunday event out of it. I think people would love it. Bring the trucks. Xfinity can run whenever they want to. Um, But I think cup-wise, we should bring the Pocono doubleheader back. I think that would be super-duper awesome. Well, oh man. Oh well, first of all, Pocono, I, I, they did, yeah, bring it back. I think it's just a simple case of it wasn't the race was bad. I think it's a simple case of you just have 36 races and you know you, you only have 36 races. They're not gonna expand any more races. So even with a doubleheader, you're taking a race away from somewhere else, even though it's the same weekend. Uh, and there's too much going on, too much desires for people to make room for another Pocono. Uh, Kentucky deserves its current fate, which is a parking lot for Ford F-150 pickup trucks. That's what it deserves. It deserves literally nothing more. Um, I will leave it at that. Uh, but hey, except Cole Custer snookering a win on it. But hey, you know, whatever. Uh, 
And Dover, I mean, I I don't. I you know I, I've said my piece. I'm not I'm not gonna blow gasket here. Dover deserves a, a cup date. I mean, it's a good track. It produces quality racing. Uh, Hendrick Motorsports dominance aside, but you know it, it's it's just a, a good track. Uh, it, it it also you really see it te- it does test drivers. It really does. Um, you know, uh, it's one of those tracks. It's one of those oval tracks where you really can see drivers just lose it for no reason, just run out of talent and just lose it. So, and, and it's always been that way, regardless of the car. You know, it's just challenging. I think it's because it's banking and then the concrete surface, and I think the the way the transition. Uh, a lot. To, if you think of oval tracks, like how many oval tracks in terms of the the big one you see, I think Dover's pretty up there. Some car losing it and they just pile up because it's still fairly narrow, uh, particularly in the backstretch. So. Uh, but yeah, it deserves it. But uh, my question to the gallery is this: Actually, I just, I just thought of this. Does Charlotte go back to one date, just a six hundred? If we are going to give Montreal a date, I want the playoff race on the oval. Hmm. I just leave uh, it as it for um, the Coastal Siren, uh, the Roval. Unless, how about this? I would change the Roval and put it back on to a regular uh, intermediate track, in my opinion. No, nah, uh, NASCAR, they invested so much in the Roval. I don't see them cutting that anytime soon. Yeah, it's a, it's a whole marketing deal for them. You know, to have a, a road course and in the playoffs – that's, I mean, that was you, you 29 was it, uh, 18 was the first Roval race, right? And, yeah, the race, uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. And I mean, you, you didn't even know that there was a, a chase going on because they were the entire time were just so excited to have that. And that race produced the dumbest results every year, but people love it. I mean, it's, you know, been taught every single one has been talked about for two or three weeks afterwards. Uh, even the one that, uh, Larson came back and won after he shouldn't have, but whatever. Um, so, yeah, I think that's going to stay where it's at. I would love to see two races again uh, at Charlotte. I would love to, to see that, but I I don't think that's going to change anytime soon. My boy Bell won at uh, Charlotte, so, hey, I'm selling that one. But you have to think, though, the, the last couple of oval races at Charlotte in this car have probably been the best races in this car. I would love to have an oval race in the playoffs at Charlotte. Give me a road course somewhere else in the playoffs, because I definitely need to have that. But those Coke Center has been so good that I want that. I want that to be like a playoff cutoff race. That's what I want. Yeah, that's what's so tragic about it. But, I mean, hell, I wonder how hard it could be for them to do the Roval, you know, on like one Sunday and then the next do the oval. I don't know. I mean, it, it, but I, I would love to see both because, yeah, it's so tragic that this car is amazing on intermediates and has so few chances to show it. But, you know, we'll go to the next person. Yeah, it's kind of an irony because they made this car to be better on the road courses. Uh, basically, it's as close to a V8 supercar. They just adapted to run ovals. And the road courses was what's dry and the ovals are what's entertaining. But with Charlotte, um, I think it is important to have a road course presence in the playoff. 
I also think it actually serves a purpose because we think about all the road courses we have. They're all in the north northern part of the country. They all are. Go down the list. Um, what what is potential and in that later part of the year where the playoffs are going, you could potentially have rain. Now again, as you just like the whole Sonoma thing, moving it up a day, you say, oh, right, this road course, put on rain tires, go racing. Yes, but still, um, sometimes maybe I don't know, just for the entertainment of the product. So the Roval being down, obviously in North Carolina, Southeast. Uh, I think it does serve a practical purpose as well, uh, having a road course, but in the southern part. Now, but then again, NASCAR also owns a pretty awesome road course that produces bangers almost every year, including an endurance race. I think it's called Road Atlanta. Why haven't they gone back there? They used to run track of all time in in the bush in the lower series back in the 80s. Darrell Waltrip won a race there. Why are they not not they've never entertained that? In fact, drivers used to test there. Brad Keselowski um, lost his brakes and crashed it at Road that's, Atlanta. That's probably exactly life. why. Because <laughs> correct me if I'm wrong, but is that that place doesn't have soft soft walls, does it? Nope, it's I, concrete. Uh, yeah, it, I, I was watching it, some. It's not been adapted to NASCAR's safer. Right. Barrier. Yeah, because I, I was watching uh, some hot lap deal they had to like two weeks ago. Um, and I was just like, man, that is all concrete through there. And so I'm, I'm fairly certain that NASCAR probably has looked at that and they probably like, it's probably more money than it's worth. Uh, cause where's Road Atlanta located in Georgia? Does anybody know off the top of their head? I feel like it's been like kind of a hard to get. It's in, it's in the Lanier, like Lanier area. So, um, it's right across from Lanier Speedway going up toward, it's actually like a half hour from Dawsonville. Oh, I remember. Yeah, so uh, in the middle of yeah, it's in uh, yeah. the, it's technically the the city's called Brazelton. Yeah, that's what it is, Brazelton, Georgia. Yep. Okay. Well, I, yeah, I mean, I, I would know. I've always been a huge, huge component of them going to Road Atlanta because Road Atlanta looks like it's fun. It drives like it's fun. Um, but uh, I don't, I don't think they're ever going to probably invest the money in that facility to bring it up to their spec. And you know, Ben Kennedy's been on Twitter about that a whole bunch. Um. You know, saying that, you know, we want to do a lot of things, but obviously we have to make a lot of um, uh, concessions uh, with our production partners, with teams to bring up the standards and stuff like that. So I'm, I'm certain that they're just like, you know, it's just not feasible for us because um, I really I, I do wonder and we, we need to we can move on at some point in time. But I do wonder if they go back to Montreal is that going to be a lone cup event weekend? I don't feel like it is. I feel like either the trucks or the Xfinity series is going to have to accompany them there. Um, but I, I don't know. We'll see. Uh, I, I don't know. And, and obviously we move on to the topic about this, but um, I think the difficulty with it being in a different country, um, it, it would outside of the nationwide, I mean, nationwide Xfinity series, uh, I don't see foresee the trucks. I think Xfinity will go with them. But outside of that, you can't because uh, most people don't think about this. But actually, on these tracks for NASCAR events, a lot of other series run with them. A company like the MX5 Cup or the uh, yeah, the uh, the Lamborghini Lamborghinis run uh, with them yeah. at, at Coda, um, which yeah. is cool to see. Yeah, it's a lot of other series accompany them. Um, but going to Montreal, it's a little different because obviously Canada and most teams are located in the United States. Now I'm not sure that's a huge thing, but there's still some inter- there's still some slight international red tape, you know, getting across the border and whatever visas and 
this, that, and the other. Um, and then Canada had its own lower series at the time. It was called the Micro Cup. The Nissan is, is based, they run a bunch of Nissan Micros. Basically, you guys know what a Nissan versus a hatchback is, right? It's like a slightly even smaller car as a hatchback, which that's the reason why they never sold in the U.S. because the Versa is kind of similar size. But anyways, Canada has those. Well, they used to. Um, they stopped making them. But they, they they had a spec series run for that. So you actually went to a dealership, and I think for about $30,000 Canadian, you could buy a Micro Cup race car, whatever, and then race them. So in theory, you could have ran that. Um, wait, the NASCAR Pinty series would certainly go there, though certainly have to it'd be natural so i just thought that just popped in my head the penty series could go there so you have penties nationwide and then cup that might be enough for a whole weekend yeah i mean you know hell um i could always take arca uh, so um um we can't take arcas um the, the circuit is technically still a public road we do not we do not want Arca breaks taking out some unsuspecting walker along the along the lake. They they would without a doubt find a way to do it too. Um man, I, I not not to make a brief deviation, but there was a time when the Arca races had the production quality of the Xfinity of the Bush Series races and the Cup Series races. And this is back in the day, definitely before Bonte's time, but um uh and and I was watching that finish uh, that Jesse Love won at Berlin the other. Uh, I was just last night, right? And I was just like, man, this is this is sad to see. First of all, just the pair, like how separated the field is between the have and the have nots, and then just how awful the commentary is. I don't know how anybody can be a dedicated ARCA fan unless they're involved in the series. Um, but yeah, but anyway, but that's that's not the point. So. Point, point of information, uh, Sawalich, or Sawalich, however you say it, actually won the race. Love in a second. Shout out to Oh, him. man. I'm, to, uh, I'm always, an asshole because I definitely got that wrong. Sawalich sounds like uh, sound. Sorry. Do what? Sawalich. I, 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 keep, I keep saying his name, last name Sandwich, but the whole name is all last name Oh, yeah, okay. You're right. You're right. You're right about that. I, I don't know how I got that wrong, but in any, any case, um, so – we we talked a little bit about you know where the the Gen Seven or the Xfinity series I mean the Xfinity series the next gen car I don't know where that came from uh, the next gen car races good at and where it doesn't race race good at and you know I I heard something the other day I was listening to I think it was Justin Marks's um, dinner with the racers interview and I had forgotten they started work on this car in 2019. And I just have the distinct feeling that this car is not the delivered product is not what the teams really agreed upon when they started building this thing for a variety of reasons. But um, you know, there's a lot of talk about how it races and things like that. And and so the question that I want to platform to you guys is, you know, if you could make one solid change to this car, what would it be? Yeah, go ahead. In the, in the words of the great donut media host James Humphrey, more power, baby. Yeah, you're wrong. No, that, I think you just got to add a little bit more power because I know it's like, yeah, they're quick, but I know previous gen cars are much quicker. And I think on TV, you could tell like it was very, very quicker than usual. So I was like, I just. 
a little bit more juice. That's all we're asking as a fan base. Just, like, just put a, a little bit more power. That's all. Yeah, I would love to go with the horsepower vote, but I'm going to be realistic because I feel if they haven't added more power yet and people have been screaming for it for years, they're not going to do it in the next year. So I'm going to go with tire wear. I need a tire that isn't as wide, that isn't as durable as our current tire. Make drivers that are able to save their tire over a run be rewarded late in that run. Let drivers that are super aggressive have to pay that price late in a run. Um, have a bit, a bit more strategy in terms of doing two versus four. Um, having more comers and goers during a race. I just think that is a realistic fix that could happen next year or maybe. Maybe by the end of this year, if I'm dreaming, but that's what I would love to see. Um, so I have four things I want to change. And, 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 I'm, I'm, hear me, hear me out. Um, you blockhead. Like, that's not one thing. Keep I going, said four bro. things. All right, all right, all right. <laughs> no, but like what was Sean was saying, but I agree with more power on the car. Um, but. They fixed something on the side of the car. They they had um they did some um investigate some more work about um side of the car um about the crash that happened between Kyle Larson and um Ryan Priest and, and how bad the, the uh Kyle car car Kyle's car was on the side. I would say like not like more like not like more um. Heavyweight, no, it's like, I'm trying to say like that. Like, if they could find something to prevent other drivers to get concussions, I know that sounds like impossible, but like, they could figure it, they could figure that out. Yeah, that that could work. Um, the package, for, especially for um, short track and uh, road courses, uh, short track has improved a little bit, but it 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 needs more work. But yeah, um, it ain't yeah, different work, but like the world course and the um, so, uh, short track. But intermediate super speedways has has been great. Better than that, yeah, that's it. I know. Well, early, I think. Oh, sorry. I, I know that. I know last year. I think the cars being a tad bit too stiff, especially through crashes. Um, was a big problem. So I, I, I'll give them that they kind of would say, I would say they fixed the issue because I know like the crashes that we've seen this year, this happened last year, going to be a lot more like concussion protocols, like drivers be out for a few day, a few races because of that. I know pretty much one of the crashes is the reason why Kurt retired early. So I'm glad they fixed that issue. So, yeah. I'm, I'm going to formally, I don't want to make Kurt Busch mad for some reason. He gets word that you said that. He technically has not retired. He just has not recovered to get, be able to be back in the car yet. Um, some reason, some some drivers are stickler about that. I know Matt Ken's like that. I wasn't, I'm not retired. And it's like, all right, all right, dude, whatever. But anyways, um, they, I know they did the they did the technical updates to the car to address uh, Vontae's uh, concern about the, the wrecks. Um, after the Larson and Priest incident, they've added gussets to different bars in the car and stuff like that as an update, um, which is nice. Hopefully that works right, works well. But uh, let, for let me just paint a picture. 
2023, um, you can go to a Dodge dealership and go buy a car with 700 horsepower and drive it off the lot with no safety features or roll cage or whatever. Just just drive it around. These cup cars you see racing were supposed to be the premier motorsport in the United States. They make 670 horsepower. Now, that's an improvement, obviously, over the 550 when in certain tracks, the Xfinity cars was actually was actually faster than the cup cars. But still, the idea that you can go buy a car off the street with more horsepower than a cup car is just kind of weird. Uh, in 2014, they were running about 900 horsepower. Now, they, now mind you, they did have a high downforce package on it, but the engines were making a lot of horsepower. and they also, they also revved a lot too, and they had a nice sound. I thought, uh, and, and even NASCAR acknowledges this. A lot of the appeal of NASCAR is actually a, is, is about the cars themselves. It's not just the racing; it's about the cars. You know, the sound of as a kid. You know, back when, for example, Ryan Newman during qualifying runs, NASCAR qualifying was so fun to watch because you hear the cars revving to like ten thousand RPM going down the back straight of Charlotte or Atlanta or whatever. Now, also back then, they had like qualifying engines too, and they could, and they did all sorts of stuff. But still, a lot of people is you've, I mean, they don't sound bad, but they just sound, eh, whatever. And they don't make as much horsepower. And I, I think the cars themselves, have they have less of an appeal uh, in terms of uh, the visual experience, enjoying the, the cars. And I think, NASCAR needs to address that because that's part of the, I think, the appeal to to grab young fans, stuff like that, too. So. Uh, I mean, it's, yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. It's probably easier to add more power. I mean, the only the OEMs have come out and said that they could probably do 50 right this instant. If uh, the teams wanted more, they probably need some more time. Um, I feel like it's easier to give the more the cars more power because you really can't tell how much the tires need to fall off until the drivers start burning them off. And then Goodyear can start playing with the, 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 the treads and the compositions and, and seeing what needs to be done at that point in time. So I think the easiest fix is just let them get some more juice and then uh, go from there. Yeah. Um, you know, that, that's what's, what's so Funny to me, it was the point that Rashawn brought up about you can go buy a 700 horsepower charger on the lot right now. You know, the the teams can scream all day. This this is why I'm a certified um, RTA Race Team Alliance hater um, because we've exited the era of NASCAR saying this is what is good for our brand, this is what we're going to do, and now we've entered the era of. NASCAR saying, well, this is what the fans want us to do. And the team saying, well, this is what's good for our pocketbooks. And, you know, obviously that's that's why the this car is con- as confuddled as it is, because you had, you know, the, the lost year with COVID and then the ramping up to get this car out because it was a big marketing piece for the 2022 season. And it was obviously not ready to race when it came out. And and so it's led to a very frustrating situation. But I think if if the teams are worried about cutting cost, figure out somewhere else to cut your cost. It, when when t- 10, 15 years ago, 
when I would try to get people onto NASCAR, I would send them qualifying videos. I mean, and people would not believe it. I mean, you listen to that in the in the school library with the volume turned all the way up, you get suspended for a week because of how loud it was. I mean, just the the visuals of it, the sound of it, even watching it was fantastic, and we've lost that. So obviously, yeah, my biggest thing is I would love to see power come back, even if we go to 700. I think that'd be a great start uh, because I don't really see how you can be a sport of Camaros and Mustangs and the Camry, which, okay, whatever. And you're, you are also at the same time saying we're trying to be cost efficient and running less horsepower, making up for it elsewhere. There's a multitude of changes I wish this car could make. Horsepower is the biggest one. Uh, the other change, if I could had to choose, it wouldn't even be with the damn car. Bring back an hour of practice. I'm over it, man. I'm over this 20-minute appetizer BS. Just let them practice for an hour and figure the car out. Because I just, I just feel like, I, I just feel like at the end of the day, we have really allowed the same teams to win all the time. Because whoever can build the best car back in Charlotte and load that on the truck and not need the track time is who is going to win. And that is just so frustrating. You don't have to televise it, stream it somewhere where I got to log in to watch it, whatever. Give these teams proper practice back. And I think you will start to see some of that parody that they want so bad come back. And that's all I got to say on it. Uh, I think Arthur was going next. Yeah, I mean, to, to piggyback on that point, you know, they talked about not having practice time as a way to save money, you know, that you don't have to fly everyone out an extra day, that you don't have to have people on site. But if they're going to give you 20 minutes, why can't they just up it to an hour? If you're already there, that, that argument just falls apart. So I agree. I think, you know, happy hour, that was a great time to have NASCAR on TV, to have people at the track. Uh, it just seems like something that's a no-brainer and that you're already doing. Just give us an hour of practice time. Give people that are at the track to see an Xfinity race. Give them an hour of practice before and have something to watch and see their cup drivers out there. It, just, it seems like an easy win for them. Um, I, I agree with that. Um, that's especially that's a product that you can market to. I think especially now with the new TV deal, I think Amazon apparently is in the running to try to uh, broadcast NASCAR product, that would be a great kind of little start, a teaser to try to transition, you know, have practice and qualifying like Amazon, you know, and have people pay to to watch that. And you and you race to like an hour, you know, on Amazon Prime. So, uh, Jason, you see how you could test how it's received. Because NASCAR likes to do things to test how the fan base receives it, and then they actually do it. They've always done it better that way. So that'd be another way to do it. And especially it is so dependent on how 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 you go on Sunday is so dependent on how well you've gone back in the shop at the truck. And so that's just a really just advantage. And I know they say it cuts a lot, it cuts out a lot of costs for teams, but it but they still go out there on a Friday, right? They still get out there. Um it just plays to the big team's hands because they have all the engineering, they have the they have the arrangements with their OEM to have more, you know, whether it's, to, you know, to be higher up the pecking order in the manufacturer. And that manifests itself in terms of how they can go about their business during the week to prepare. So they're better prepared than the smaller teams. And you only give them 20 minutes of practice. 
you know, that's not going to do anything. Well, nothing of significance. So it's taken away uh, the, the paradigm. It almost seems more like, remember, I think it was Talladega 2021. Uh, remember when uh, Carl Larson spring race, he blew up because some some Hendrick person left some sort of panel or something in front of the radiator and they forgot to take it off or was it removed? Something that, that's used for like the transitionary period when it's on the truck, heading to the track. And he, he drove out there. He was like, oh my God, I'm blowing up. It's like, oh, this panel was blocking airflow. Sorry. So it almost seems more like just, hey, let 20 minutes is really more just, hey, let's just make sure the car is fully, you know, transitioned from transit mode to now race ready and whatever. Make sure the car doesn't just fall apart or explode. Seems perhaps it's more like for that. So, yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm going to say this real quick and then we'll open it back up and, and eventually move on. But, I, for a sport that is trying so hard right now to say we are not Formula One, they are doing an incredible job of recreating Formula One because it is exactly like you said, Rashawn. It is the teams that have the money and have the engineering and have the war rooms back in Charlotte and have all this information that they can set up the car from the shop and when it gets there and they can only run five laps and they have enough sensory data to to put the car together, uh, you, you know, give these other teams a chance to figure it out, to be creative, to engineer it and, and let that be that, uh, you know, I mean, like I said, it, it's not that hard. I don't, I don't see whatsoever how much it's going to cost these teams more money to run three times the length of the current practice sessions, all the splitting it up, group A, group B, no, forget it. An hour practice, 30 minutes of cool down, Everybody goes out and runs a lap, and then we're done. Why are we overcomplicating this? That's It's stupid. Nobody is enjoying it, and that's the bottom line because Stone Carl said so. All right, back to Sean. All right, I'm going to say this, and I'm going to shut up. But on social media, was it this week? Stuart Haas Racing, who is obviously one of the premier teams for Ford, they, had this, they showed a video of one of their cup cars rigged up. It was running a simulated race on the Chicago street course. They had a car yeah, on some, rig, some yeah. sort of rig, and the car is bouncing up and down. The suspension is, you know, going through its travel motions, and you know, and in the, the body roll, whatever. It's simulating as if it's driving the Chicago street course. Do you think these smaller teams have access to stuff like that? Do you so, think? Go ahead. Go ahead. Oh no. Yeah, so, oh, I was gonna say. I mean, pull down rigs have been around forever, but I mean. It all it, it, what it what it what I know personally about that is my, like my, my, they my can have is, the teams can yeah. have it, but if they don't have the people to understand the data, then it does them no good. So I mean, yeah, it's back to the same thing. They they smaller teams might have access to it, but they don't have they they can't make heads or tails of that data. But I mean, yeah, go ahead. My my, my point is the larger point out. They have stuff like that. My large point was, and basically you said this too. You basically can set up and have everything from the truck. You, you run your race basically from the truck and you, you bring it to the track that inherently gives them advantage. I'm not necessarily saying that equipment's wrong. It just leads to my point supporting how, you know, you basically win the race at the shop almost, you know, yeah, you just exactly. track and you just make sure you execute and you just execute, you know, you hear yeah. all the time, we got to execute, we got to execute because at, they know our game plan is can win this race. Our game plan is good enough to win this race. We just got to execute and carry it out. If we execute, we win. It's simple. Yeah, exactly. I think uh, Brock was about to say something. 
No, I was responding to like how how many like smaller teams don't have such equipments of like your Joe Gibbs Racing, your Penske's, and your Hendrix. Like for example, simulating what the street course of Chicago would look like. Not many teams out there outside of those big three, and you can yeah throw in Stuart Haas have such equipment to do that. So it's like again, it's like NASCAR is doing a pretty good job on going back on not trying to be F1, but act actively doing so in such ways like this. And you gotcha. notice those teams that have equipment like that, you mentioned Baraka, those are also the teams that are the premier partners of the OEMs. Yeah. You know, so they're, yeah, exactly. they're, they're lucky that each OEM, each all three teams that I name actually belong to a, a different OEM. It's, it's not like one OEM is having a controlling um, play, place in this sport. You could say Hendrix with Chevy, but Chevy is the golden child for NASCAR in general. So, yeah. Yeah, without a doubt. In in uh, Monte, I'm, I'm about to say something. Are we finna say something real quick? Um, no, I was I was gonna say you ain't stone cold, but but that's it. No, I, I I'm colder than you. No, I'm kidding. But uh, <laughs> uh <laughs> no, but uh, but yeah, you know, I mean, um, yeah, it's 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 frustrating to see. And like I said, I, I forgot um, who it was that, that said, I think it was really Carl Long some years ago that gave some insight to just the kind of hierarchy that exists in the garage area with, you know, you can you can have equipment that comes from, you know, from from Stuart Haas or um, equipment that comes from, you know, uh, Hendrick or equipment that comes from Gibbs. Right. But if you are not paying the price to access it you know, access to data and to get, and then know how to use that stuff. Um, you know, it, it, it does, you know, good. And, and so, um, yeah, with that being said, um, yeah, I, I don't know. Like I said, there's, there's a solution that's in front of them. I think if we can sit here at a round table and figure it out, then they dang sure can, but whether or not they choose to is, is out of my, as out of, my hands, but um, one one quick thing to bring up real quick. Uh, we talked about the different OEMs, and 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 Rashawn just mentioned this. Um, so leading into this conversation, uh, people are, uh, I guess, a, a kind of questioning what uh, Legacy is going to do next year with uh, Toyota equipment, TRD equipment. I think that they're probably going to be better off than they are now. But man, it is insane uh that like so last year we had really good parity and this year it's if you're not a chevy it's pretty much just a fight for second place this year and gibbs the others have had great races but man I, they just the speed that the hendrick chevys have and the rcr2 with kyle has just been incredible the manufacturer battle didn't even haven't really been won this year yeah go ahead Sean. oh monte oh, go ahead monte I uh, I also I, I, I was gonna say yeah I agree like Toyota um, Chevy has been one Toyota Ford out the water especially Ford it's like Ford it's like besides who no who else won besides no it was Blaney and um yeah Blaney and um Lagano was like the only two Ford that 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 that, that had won the season right if I remember yes yeah that's it that's it yeah okay okay. So like, I don't know what's going on with Ford. Toyota is, is getting Toyota. Toyota is getting, is getting there, yeah. Um, but 
I hope four and like three or something now, but like they ain't trying to you know, get on top of it. Like what I'm trying to say is like Legacy Motor Club, um, moving to the Chevy Toyota though. I kind of figured that I, I, I think I kind of figured so uh, they don't um uh, so those uh Toyota. Oh, I'm, trying, I'm sorry. What I'm trying to say is like I think them with Toyota is gonna be even more helpful now how, how they was with uh, to, uh with Chevy. Um, even even though they had even though they really having a shitty year this year, let's be honest, they are. But like I think things I think things are gonna get better between them, uh, between um. Legacy and Toyota uh, starting next season. Yeah, I feel like one of the things that really tilted it is just the the transfer of uh, Kyle Busch. I mean, he took a, a car and that was really good with Reddick, and I mean, he's won what three races already this year. I mean. He's really, I think, tilted the, the balance of power towards Chevy uh, versus Toyota. And if you look at Ford, I mean, Blaney got that win a couple weeks ago. But outside of him, no one's really been impressive. Harvick's been really consistent. But he doesn't seem like a threat to win on a weekly basis. So I feel like it's going to be, my prediction probably like three Chevys, one Toyota maybe in the final four. But I don't know. It's just... It is a bit frustrating when you see, and I like Chevy, but to see them consistently load off the truck and be clearly the, the car to beat week in and week out, it's just been very lopsided. And I don't really know how Toyota can close that gap right now. Well, Ford, Ford um, I was listening to Sirius, and I think Larry Mack made a point in his little show that Ford apparently – in the off season, they did a front fascia change or, you know, just modification to make the car work better in some places. And however, now they've, they're no longer as competitive at, at other places. Uh, and perhaps the modification is not working to their benefit right now. Although when you said that, that was before Blaney popped off winning the 600, but still there's a clear gap between Ford and Toyota and Chevy. Chevy obviously being the cream of the crop um, right now with Hendrick Motorsports, obviously RCR, uh, Trackhouse, uh, Trackhouse. Maybe we can talk about them later, but it doesn't seem like Trackhouse is actually. They are swimming cool. without a life raft right now. Yeah, you know, it, it just seems I mean, they're they're fast, they're fast, but the results aren't coming. In fact, um, it's you know, yeah, it's almost like how twenty three eleven was weird. But uh, in terms of two team, two car teams, I would say Trackhouse is is behind 2311 in RFK. Um, but uh, maybe we can talk about that later. Whatever. But anyways, anyway, uh, with RCR, you know, Reddick was obviously fast. Bush being the pre- one of the premier drivers as he is, it's no surprise he's already matched Tyler Reddick's three win, three race win record. Uh, he just knows where to be. He just knows what he's doing. He's one of the best to ever do it. But KFB. But he, uh, but but with Hendrick Motorsports and Toyota's catching up. Toyota's catching up, particularly intermediates. Very good on intermediates. Um, very good on big tracks. Uh, and Legacy Motor Club coming in. Dave Wilson already said they will be treated the same. Um, that hopefully that will make them more competitive on the big tracks and, and raising their numbers. And then if Jimmy Johnson's going to run races, and I know 2311, they've already fielded a third car a couple times. And especially they plan on doing it again with Kamui Kobayashi. Awesome. 
but you can have 10 cars now, 10 Toyotas out there too. So it's going to be very interesting to see, especially uh, as the season carries on now. Um, I, I just think right now, the, yeah, the parity between Chevy and the rest of the grid is pretty big. I know Toyota as of late, actually, as of late has been trying to like nip in that gap. And as of you know, recent races have shown that. I think with Ford, it's just I don't know. Ever since the new the the next gen came in, it's just they haven't figured it out with like the car, which is quite frustrating because you have two other manufacturers who have a, some sort of uh, understanding on what this next uh, uh, this Gen Seven car is is about, and they're they're showing in results. Out like right now, before the Charlotte, Joey Logano was the only Ford driver to win. I think this season, if if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. So I don't know what's going on in Ford, but I think that's something they need to look into. If not this season, I think I, I pretty much with how much how many races are left, write it off and just focus on next year and see where they could uh, improve. And I think with Trackhouse, Trackhouse is they're they're an anomaly with the Chevy camp. It's like they they have the pace to win the race, but just somehow can't really show up when it matters the most either the car or the drivers uh kind of fumble it up and legacy could join in toyota which is i think it's a big big plus for toyota it expands their their car lineups because i know out of they're, they're pretty small it's mainly dominated with ford and chevy so legacy joining is a big plus and if they're getting the fair treatment they're giving the gibbs and 2311 would be a big uh, benefit to all, all parties involved Um, oh, sorry. Last thing I'm gonna say about this though, like, um, um, I think Toyota's gonna get better, um, by by by, by having um Legacy Motor Club with them, uh, break uh, had to fill up much larger, and um, be be more helpful in races, especially especially uh super speedways. It's like if if Toyota can get one more team with them in like 2025. Everything should be seventh, though. You know, with the whole legacy thing, this is not the first time. Uh, this is almost with legacy joint Toyota. It's almost the closing of a three-year saga. Remember when Bubble Wallace was in the forty-three? Yes, sir. Actually, one of the plans was Denny was going. Denny had talks with RPM at the time. At RPM, obviously, to buy into it, and they were going to move to Toyota, and Bubble Wallace was going to be driving, and it fell through for whatever reason. And and you also can blame Bubba Wallace for the whole Ross Chastain terrorizing the entire field because also in 2020 there was Bubba Wallace had two options when he was he was an upcoming free agent. This is before the 2311 thing, and he mentioned he he said this after the 2020 Michigan race. Well, he had the whole 43 thing, which we didn't know till later what involved Denny Hamlin Toyota. The second option, which he actually admitted on on an interview, was Chip Ganassi gave him an offer to drive to 42. And so, and I, I think also has something to do with the 42 chip CGR, you know, McDonald's at a time partnering with CGR and then, you know, Bubba having a partner with the Atlanta, with Atlanta franchise of McDonald's. So there was some link there. But anyways, if Bubba took the 42, but he, uh, Ross Chastain wouldn't have had the 42 because, you know, because because CGR just moved on to Chastain after Bubba turned him down. 
So I blame Bubba for Ross Chastain Terror on the field. It's his fault. Hey, Rashawn, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm sorry, Rebecca, I'll cut you off. Hey, Rashawn, think about this. Uh, obviously, um, Kurt and Bubba was teammates last season. Kurt, Kurt was with CG, uh, CGR in 2020. Imagine Bubba, imagine Bubba would have went to CGR and Kurt Busch would have been teammates. So you're saying no matter what what path he chose, he's going to end up with Kurt Busch as a teammate. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> That's cool, man. Uh, Brock, were you going to say something? Oh, uh, um, nah, actually, no, I was ha- I had nothing else to say, actually. My bad. Let me take a little, oh, let me lower my hand. Yeah, yeah, you're good. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I'll say of all the what ifs, I will always think about what the trajectory and not to shift in the uh, direction of talking about the what ifs of Bubba Wallace, because we could write a book about that. We've, we have as a group of talked about that before, me and Rashawn especially. I will always wonder how different things could have been if RPM could have just become a Toyota team and they could have kept that into that group there with the sponsors that Bubba was bringing. Would they not have had to go and paying the 2311 have? Would they have probably been a little bit faster out of the bat? Um, all those kind of things, uh, you know, you just, you just, ne- you just never know. Um, but, um, you know, everything happens for a reason and I'm, I'm glad that things have paint out the way that they have. And, um, you know, I, I mean, Toyota has needed the numbers for a long time, uh, to be successful at a lot of different places, especially the, 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 the speedways, they've always kind of fallen apart because they just don't have the numbers to, to fend off the Chevys and the Fords, which, cause all plate races are now are just manufacturer battles. So I, I don't know. You know, like I said, I'm, I'm excited for legacy. They've got a great lineup. They've got Eric Jones. They've got Noah Gregson. I know Noah is just ready to get through this year. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean the, the, the parody, I hope Ford figures it out, man. For the simple fact of, I know Tony Stewart. I understand that he is having the time of his life right now, running his drag cars and running dirt and hanging out with his girlfriend. Who, by the way, they are not having a child, contrary to popular belief. Because I made an I made a, a donkey out of myself talking about that the other, uh, not on here, but just in, on social media. Oh, they're okay. They're, they're married. I'm sorry. I, I apologize. I've just been told they're married, but. Uh, they, uh, but I, I know he's got to be hurting to see his team performing like that. And I'm hurting to see them perform like that because I like at least two of the Stuart Haas drivers, uh, maybe, maybe three, I don't know. Um, but, um, yeah, I hope they get that figured out and get that together. I mean, Kevin Harvick, I, I want him to win on his going away season. Chase Briscoe deserves better. Um, you know, and, uh, as far as uh, Ryan Priest goes, I hope that I, I, I hope that he figures it out because I think he's a, a good enough talent. But uh, speaking of of Stuart Haas Racing, uh, some people uh, in our inner circle uh, last, I guess this week really uh, got uh, their comeuppance from one Eric Amarola after he um, responded to people on Twitter saying that he wasn't going to win the Xfinity race, he was going to finish twentieth and things like that. Was that not kind of weird that he was kind of going through tweets at 11 o'clock at night, probably from his house in Florida and, and, and proving people wrong? Like, yeah, I, I won, man. I won. You're wrong now. It's uh, I, Go ahead. Go ahead. I just find that it's it's strange for any 
Cup Series driver to come on the internet and uh, gloat about winning in a lower series. Um, Kyle Busch can go to the trucks, dominate, we're used to it, but he doesn't make a big scene on Twitter like he's like, the greatest driver in the world. Eric tried to do that, and he tried to do it at a time of day when he didn't think anybody was watching. But uh, there were some eyes, there were some reactions, uh, poor taste on his part. Um, I just feel like if, if you are underperforming in the ride that pays your bills and you go down to help a lower-funded team out in a lower series and win, like you did good for the team, but that just shows you should be doing better in your own area of uh, expertise. Okay, yeah. Um, you know, Jared makes a good point about that. The fact that Eric basically went, he and he didn't just answer one or two. He went through like a laundry list. Almost every comment, blah, 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 he responded basically saying, hold this L, I won, you know, whatever, you know. And I get, you know, I get the idea of him being able to, you know, show his office win. But at the end of the day, it comes back to you're a full-time cup driver. And here's what most people don't are going to we're going to speed past this. But this is the first time Xfinity ever raced at Sonoma. I would say about 95 percent of the field never, ever raced at Sonoma until that weekend. I think who's other full time cup? There was Almondinger and there was Larson. That was it. It was the only guys who ever had any sort of previous experience at Sonoma. May I take that back? Maybe there is a I think Nima check. He experienced because he raced a truck series race um last year when they when they ran sonoma but whatever it's nor here nor there they they have no Chandler Smith too boss fair enough Chandler Smith I stand correct I think Austin Hill as well but but so you have the fact that he's gloating over this win is so it just really leaves like it it speak almost speaks to like dude how how are you really feeling internally that you that you're like you're basically just living up this win in a lower series, beating up on these people because you fell you fell off so hard, you're struggling so hard in the in the cup series where you're where you're actually running full time. So, you know, hey, maybe you should pull Elliot Sadler and just go back down there full time. Maybe that'll help you. I don't know. I'm not gonna lie to you, man. That that that, that whole situation was hilarious. Um <laughs> That like 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 when he uh responded to people on Twitter after he won at um Sonoma, I think like I think it was after the Sonoma, not even like yeah whatever. But what I'm trying to say is like everybody everybody was on Twitter going crazy um because uh, that because of that. I think is I think is I I find it ironic and uh, hilarious like you doing this all because you want an um Xfinity race. Not not no coverage. Like, come on, man, be better, dog. Yeah, I mean, I'm not gonna try to make a huge deal out of it, but it is kind of weird how I've never known. I mean, I don't know Eric personally at all, on any level, but I've never seen him be like a trash talker historically. Um, and as I've missed it, but I've never seen him be the kind of person to clap back on Twitter or in interviews necessarily. So. I think this plus the the outburst he had on Kent Road at Charlotte a couple weeks ago. I mean, it just seems very weird. Uh, maybe he's feeling the pressure with this being supposedly his last season. But like we've said here, like that's a race you're supposed to do well when you've got 
all of this experience, thousands of laps at Sonoma in a field where maybe five guys have ever turned a lap there. So, I mean, it's kind of weak. Again, like like you said, Kyle Busch or Kyle Larson, these guys go with down to Xfinity win. It's just, a, you know, another check mark on their resume. But if that's going to be the highlight of his year, then you know what? I wouldn't let him have it, and he can run you know, 25th for the rest of the year. I don't mind. I can't lie, it was hilarious to just scroll through Twitter after Eric's tweet just to see him respond. But yeah, it's kind of weird. It's almost like having a top driver. Let's say, for example, Max Verstappen drops down to Alpha Tauri or drops down to F2, but he ends up winning an F2 race and then gloats about it, saying, "Yeah, I won." All the haters. It's gonna be. It's, it's kind of weird. It's kind of weird that you're gloating about a race in the lower uh, category. That's the, that's the same vibe I'm getting with. Eric Amarola is like, congrats, you've, you've won, yeah, you know, everybody would kill for a win, no matter where they are, but again, you are a full-time cub driver, sir, like, come on, be like, be serious for once, try to help, just focus on Stuart Haas, I know they're in a down, horrendous period right now, but at least try, because I know your co-worker in Kevin Harvick is dragging that car into places that it should not ever see this season, but hey, it is what it is at this point. So I looked it up on Race and Reference when all that popped off. His first uh, start at Sonoma, I, I believe, and I've, I've forgotten it that quick, but I believe it was 2009. It may have been 2008, but almost 15 years ago was his first cup start at Sonoma. If you've been racing there for 15 years, oh, maybe a little bit, give or take a couple years, and you showed up in a race where three to four drivers have made a start at this track before in a car that was prepared by a cup level organization. Um, and when I say his first ever start, what I mean is, is the first time he started a race there. Um, cause I think his, his cup rookie season was like partially 08, maybe 09. I, it's in the, the last years of DEI, and it kind of is a little fuzzy for me. I believe it was 09, but anyway, it's semantics at this point. But what I'm saying is this. You've been racing there for over a decade, right? You've not really made a whole lot of noise there beforehand. You drop down to a lower series where there's four guys maybe total in the field that have made starts there. You are racing for a underfunded team, yes, but in a car that was prepared by your multi-million dollar cup level organization, okay? And, I mean, Larson kind of sold to give him the win to begin with. I say all that to say this. It is very obvious to me that that team's performance and the fact that he that got talked into a second year from Smithfield or however that worked is getting to him. Uh, and I mean, we saw shades of it at Charlotte because I felt like when he got mad at Bubba about it, and again, I've, I said on the first episode, we all are fans of Bubba, but we're all, all we're not delusional. Right. But the the reaction he had from just getting raced was insane. I mean, you know, I mean, Denny Hamlin was much more cool headed about the fact that he got hooked. And, you know, at the same time, you know, Eric just got raced hard and, you know, wound up and started mouthing off to Bubba and Bubba was like, Hey, I'm not taking that and mouth back off. And then there was a shoving deal. And then he goes and does this. So obviously he feels some kind of pressure. That's just weird energy to me, man. I, you know, Kyle Busch has ran races in the lower series for years. 
doesn't say anything about it, you know, uh, whatever, you know, he, you know, but of course nobody is doubting that he will ever win a race either. Same with Kyle Larson. But I will also say this, it is such a buzzkill. It happened in North Wilkesboro and it happened here. It is such a buzzkill when you have a series go to a new venue for the first time and a cup guy wins it. I, you know, I think we talked about the schedule a little bit ago if we're going to go to new venues, I think let the series have their identity, let them have their regulars uh, race in that in that race and let the cup guys race in the cup race. Or at the very least, the cup guys can't qualify because that's just, you know, un, unreal. But in any case, um, I'm going to pass it on over here to Rashawn and we'll uh, wrap it up here. Uh, to a point to your point, remember when they added the Daytona road course in 2020 for the first year? Yep. They did not let the cup guys run the Xfinity race for that race. Precisely. Um, yeah, so I, I don't know. Like I said, okay, that, I want to bring back the Daytona Road course on the schedule. I can't it, lie. I'm sorry to cut you off. No, no, no. Man. Yeah, absolutely. Like, I think it actually, like, I, I, I actually quite enjoyed it. Given it's like, yeah, it was during the pandemic. You know, everyone was desperate and thirsty for some, like, racing. But I think... It low-key it low-key slapped. Yeah, I can't and lie. The first not- year the first year in twenty twenty they ran the they ran the seven fifty, but they ran the high down for sport. And the and the race was kinda dry. But actually the Bush class in twenty one, they when they ran the road course, they debuted road course using the low down for spoiler. And uh that was a banger race. I think Chase Elliott and Blaney were racing hard and Blaney got spun or they both spun and then Kyle Bush won the race. That was actually a very yep. entertaining race. And then, and then go ahead. Now twenty three eleven's first ever race. Ty Dillon actually drove the twenty three car in that race. Yeah. Now I was gonna say, um, even now I say even it, uh the, the 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 points paying race in uh February after the five hundred, that was that was, that was also a good, an, an, another good race. Good, a good race. You're saying yeah. that because Bell won. You're just saying that. <laughs> yep, yep, I am because my boy Bell right. B. Logano. Hey, you. Hey, but, but, but be honest with me though. That that bat that battle between uh, Bell and Lagano was perfect in my opinion, man. That dude, that race feels like such a fever dream, honestly. I and I hate people say that, but man, I that it's just so insane to think about the fact that we ran the 500, and then a week later on a Saturday night, we ran the road course race, and Christopher Bell got his first career win, and and all that crazy stuff happened, and Kyle Larson was up front. I mean. Golly, it, it feels like that never even happened, really. But uh, they got dumped by Corey Lejeune, or they got injured. Yeah, I, yeah, I remember yeah. that too. Yeah, God. actually, actually, that was Sunday because I remember that day because I talked. To oh, was it? Oh, um, it was did, Sunday. Did it rain or something? Is that why it ran late? No, I think I don't think so. Did it just start late for no? Cause remember, it, the most of the race they ran in in the dark, didn't they? Or am I just crazy? No, 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 no. Oh, okay. Uh, I think you're confusing that with the ARCA race earlier in 2020. Ah, it, maybe. They I had no rain. Was it before so. they started running rain time? Well, maybe, maybe it was Ty Gibb. Maybe it was the Xfinity race I'm thinking of. I think uh, it was um, the race. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what it is. Yeah. The, the Charlotte Road. And then they ran. They, they, did, they did Florida for three straight weeks. It was the 500, Daytona Road Course, and Homestead. And Homestead. Oh, oh, we were talking about inter- intermediates earlier. The oh. best one of them all. And we didn't even mention it. Shout out. Oh, Homestead. Yeah. Homestead. Homestead. Homestead, has Homestead has gotten screwed with whole Phoenix. I can't believe they bring back the Phoenix again. Homestead 
the best intermediate. The homestead's getting screwed, right. okay? Yeah. I, I'm not going to go on this rant. We're running out of time, but I'm going to yeah. say that. Homestead's gotten screwed. <laughs> yeah, I will. I will say that I think that they're that the, the whole Phoenix thing is because they're trying to keep some of the California market invested in the final race of the year. But um, yeah, in any case, so wrapping this up, um, it's been another great episode. Uh, anybody got any final thoughts? Yes. Um, tomorrow oh. is Juneteenth, so happy 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 uh, Juneteenth, my peoples. Yeah, absolutely. What's uh what's let's let's talk about that. What's everybody doing for Juneteenth tomorrow? I'll I'll go first. Um, so obviously Milwaukee had like a little like a little Juneteenth party that's, that's happening tomorrow. So I so I'll be there. And yeah, going I'm going to have a um, good time, eat some good food, see some family friends. Yeah, excited. I'm going to work, <laughs> but um, but. But yeah, Juneteenth is very so I won't have time to do anything to celebrate, but it's a very important holiday and a holiday. It's one of the few holidays actually that I truly actually care about. So uh, especially being a, an American descendant of slavery in the United States, uh, it is very important for me to observe Ju- Juneteenth and what it what it signifies and it also means it also shows that it's it's not over, you know. It's just no, the, the the fight continues. The progress continues. Yeah, I, I'm going to be working as well. Um, but I definitely encourage, you know, the government, you know, voted in to be a federal holiday. So most people have uh, the day off tomorrow. Um, I just encourage if that's if one of our listeners, if that's one of you, take the time to do the research, take the time and see on the significance of the holiday. Um and just leave it that um, if you agree, disagree, you know, it doesn't matter, but, um, you know, it doesn't cost anything to be educated. So I highly encourage that. Uh, I'm probably just going to hang out with some, a few buddies of mine, probably get some rest. Um, and also depending on how this, uh, <laughs> nation league cup, Final goals, probably going to shit talk to a lot of Canadians about how we how the U.S. laid the smack down on, on them to win it to win the chip. So, yeah. Yeah, I'm teamwork as well, uh, but it's definitely something that I think I'm glad more organizations are starting to observe it. I agree. I hope eventually becomes a federal holiday. Um, one recommendation I would give to everyone is there's a book, Juneteenth by Ralph Ellison, one of my favorite books. Definitely something worth considering to look into something related to the holiday. Um, I am uh, doing some work-related stuff um, down the road um, at a on a local HBCU campus um, that they're I guess they're having some sort of celebration or whatever, and we're going to be there um, handing out some stuff and just hanging out. So. Um, yeah, I'm excited for it. Um, I'm excited that we, it's a national rec- uh, recognized holiday and, and we get to recognize that. I'm super looking forward to, uh, the NASCAR social media post tomorrow. I, I'm, I'm next time I'm on this podcast. I don't know when that's going to be, 
but I, we're going to be reading through those comments because NASCAR fans act a plum fool. Um, but to close this out, thank you guys so much for listening to episode two. Um, we're excited to continue doing this with the, with this, with this lineup and some additional people. Uh, you could have been anywhere in the world, but you're listening here. Um, and also, like I said, uh, be sure to follow us on Twitter, uh, at VL, uh, vibes. Um, and then also you can follow us individually on Twitter, starting with me. You can find me at, uh, at Carl, no Winslow. Um, and just to, kind of keep in mind uh, if you go through any of our likes or whatever that is at your own discretion and our opinions are our own obviously um but guys where can they find uh, the rest of you guys at uh, if they want to uh i, I go first once again um y'all i uh, said my social media things earlier i'm gonna say it one more time uh you, you go follow me on twitter at uh at 414 mile same thing as instagram and yeah hope to see y'all there You can follow me at underscore sneakerhead underscore. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm on Twitter at Pack of Patriots, but don't follow me. I don't want you to follow me. Um, you can find me on Twitter at Baraka underscore Gishero, uh, last name G I C H E R U. Uh, just talk a lot of like motorsports, soccer, football, basketball, life in general. You name it, I'm probably gonna have my two cents on it. So yeah, again, if you go to my likes, you know, do it at your own risk. I am not responsible for how you feel. <laughs> um, you could find me at uh, at Rally Hyperion. Uh, you can follow if you want to. I don't care. It's not interesting. I hardly ever use it. Uh, other other than just to talk privately to my friends and chat and chat space and stuff. But if you go through my likes again, it's quite regular. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm one of those guys where I use the like button as like a bookmark if I want to get back I'm to something. You, I I promise. I promise. Oh, I'm so bad about it. And I never go back and look at mine either. Uh but again it's been awesome doing this second episode. I'm I'm happy we had the full crew here we're excited to move into next week where we get another race we can talk about the actual racing uh and again uh, that twitter is vl vibes podcast wanted it's all one word wanted to make sure i got that out there and uh thank you guys so much for listening and we'll see you guys next time thanks so much <laughs>